Last time on Acrylics. Get this plane off the ground now! The plane starts up and begins to move across the runway strip. K-Rod runs straight towards the plane. K-Rod is just yards from the plane. He tries to lunge at the tail of the plane, but he misses and is unable to stop the plane from taking off. K-Rod stands in the middle of the runway in human form, covered in bullet wounds and blood, watching Morris fly away with Aurora. Acrylics, Episode 4 Three months later, after that event, we find ourselves in Transylvania, more specifically, in the laboratory. Aurora is alive, but she is being held captive in a secluded laboratory somewhere in the deep woods of Transylvania. She is unconscious and being detained in an experimental tank that is stationed in the middle of the lab. Morris left Dr. Dragos, the Russian scientist in charge of Aurora's experiments. Morris had Dr. Dracos built this lab with anticipation of capturing K-Rod, but then switched his sights to Aurora. And now, after 13 months of hiding and waiting, his subject is before him. Dr. Dracos calls Morris and requests him to come immediately to the lab. He is eager to get any information he can out of the subject Aurora. This is more than worth it. Once you have seen my research, you will be indeed pleased. You told me that girl had the ability to transform into a werewolf. At first, I thought you were crazy, you know, cuckoo. But money is money, so I ran the test. However, after seeing her blood work, which is phenomenal by the way, I found out that she isn't so much as werewolf as she is an Asriyalik. Morris wants to know the difference between a werewolf and an acrylic. Big difference. Werewolves are a joke. Asriyalik are the real deal. Take a look at her DNA. Dr. Dracos pulls up a diagram on his computer screen. Morris walks over to get a better look. A normal human has 46 chromosomes. And a canine, say a wolf for example, has 78 chromosomes. Aurora here has 439. That's in her human form alone. This is what happens when you agitate her. Dr. Dracos presses a few buttons on his keyboard, activating the machine that starts to electrocute Aurora. Aurora's naked body begins to jerk around in the liquid-filled tank. My guess is the multiplying of her cells allows her to change. I would say if she were to fully transform into the beast, her chromosome levels would be around 100,000. Morris sees on the computer screen that her number of cells start to increase. Dr. Dracos deactivates the machine to stop the electrocution. Morris has a look of amazement on his face. You think that is amazing? Look at this. It wasn't easy, but with some time, I was able to find these images. This is them in their transformation form. Yes. What is that on the leg? It's a part of their fur that has a natural chrome color that shimmers in the light. It signifies danger. You know, in my country, there was an old foxtail. 
It was about a creature that would lure young children deep into the woods by getting them to follow a shiny holographic color. Once the ones that did, you can imagine what happened. What else can you tell me? And he wants more! Let's see what we have. The subject can regenerate cells at a capacity of five times faster than humans. Meaning? She heals faster, runs faster, smells, hears, and kills better. You name it, and she probably can do it. I'm going to make sure she proves her worth. She is an apex predator. I don't pay you to tell me things I already know. No, no, no. You misunderstand. Asrealik, that is what they do. Kill. It's part of their very blood. They don't just kill for food or for defense. They are drawn to chaos and fear. Good. Can use that. Where's her kind from? This is fantastic. Your accent is hard enough to understand, so stick to English. I could say the same about yours, no? Fantastic. It means, uh, cool. Amazing in your language. Records show Asrealik originate from here, Europe. And how is this interesting? Simple. Until now, people sought them to exist. It's because one day, in the mid-1300s, just out of the blue, poof, they vanished. That's around the time of the Black Plague. Now you're catching on. As strong as they were, the plague still was killing them off. That's what many hoped, but I have another theory. I think they went to the States. The United States? Are you saying werewolves are the Americans' version of Akerlex? You said it, not me. I'll be damned. So how do we control her? We are far from that. I still have a lot more research to do. What you are asking is extremely complex, which means it will take time. What do you mean, more research? I've given you 13 months and supplied you with unlimited funds. I've exhausted my fucking time. There's an evil fucking beast tracking us down as we speak so you can cut my heart out like you tried once before. The only reason I'm alive today is because my men found me face down lying in a pool of my own blood. I don't need any animal instincts to tell me that that fucker is going to finish what he started if we ever come face to face. The only real doubt in my mind is whether or not you'll be around to witness that day. That's a cold peel. I haven't been completely wasting my time. I figured out a way we can erase her memory. But if I do that, I will also have to take away her natural instinct to kill. This way, she will be more vulnerable to controlling. But there is a downside. And what's that? The procedure isn't what you call a guarantee. A lot can go wrong, such as her memory could return. Even worse, her natural instinct could come back without her memory. And if that were to happen, Oh, you think she's dangerous now? We're talking about a pure-blooded born murderer with no conscience or self-control. If that were to happen, we would take her down, 
change locations and start over again. How long before you can start the procedure? I can start now, but I recommend that we study her a while longer first. I've never encountered anything like her before. That's why something like this has to be handled with extreme caution. The longer you waste my time, the harder it is for me to find a reason to keep you around. I understand the reason as well as the danger. But the way I see things, I have no other option. Start the procedure. I'm not going to ask twice. Dr. Dracos does as he is told and begins the procedure with a series of strokes on his keyboard. Aurora bodies jerks as her body reacts to the chemicals being released into her bloodstream, as well as the electrical currents flowing into her brain. How long will this procedure take? It's hard to say. Given the complexity of the subject's DNA, it could take 20 minutes or it could take 20 hours. We now find ourselves outside the laboratory building. K-Rod stands posted at the front entrance of the secured laboratory, for he has tracked down Morris and here to claim Aurora. Without further ado, K-Rod forces himself into the entrance door. The facility alarms that indicates trespassers starts to sound. Pull up the security camera feed. The camera feed reveals that K-Rod has found them and is now in combat with many of Morris's guardmen. Guards, make sure nothing gets through those doors. Dr. Dragos, how long has it been since you began the procedure? This danger level was not in our agreement. This will cost you much more. How long? It's only been 18 minutes. That's going to have to be enough. Wake her. Are you mad? The procedure may not be near complete. If her male counterpart doesn't kill us, she certainly will. If you don't do it, I will. Morris pulls out a gun and shoots Aurora's tank. The sounds of the gunshot and the screams of K-Rod's victim nearly match the volume of the shattering glass and hitting the ground. Aurora's body flows out the tank and hits the floor. Dr. Dracos takes off his lab coat and hands it to Morris. Morris then takes the coat and wraps it over Aurora as he helps her to her feet by her shoulders. Morris snaps his fingers in Aurora's face to get her to wake up. She is discombobulated with her head bent over. Dr. Dracos, grab what you can and follow me. There's a back exit. I'm taking you and her. Aurora starts to growl as she slowly begins to rise her head. In case you forgot, this is what I was mentioning before. Morris pushes her back to the ground and pulls out his gun and points it at her, as he doesn't know if she's about to attack him or not. If I can't use you for my own purposes, then there's no point in keeping you around. Just as he does, the laboratory entrance doors crash open and in walks K-Rod. With the sword in his hand, Morris quickly turns his gun to K-Rod. Aurora regains her consciousness and is watching K-Rod kill the men. And at that moment, not quite recognizing who he is, she is afraid. With all the chaos and confusion going on by K-Rod's action, Aurora 
is able to make it to her feet and escape through the back door without notice. K-Rod demands the release of Aurora, and to no surprise, Morris is uncooperative. He attempts to shoot K-Rod. Morris's effort to shoot K-Rod fails as K-Rod cuts off the hand which he holds the gun and slashes him across the gut with his sword. Morris screams, clutching his wrist, and then falling to his knees. <coughs> you may succeed in killing me this time, but just you know, the aura you knew is no longer. K-Rod repeatedly demands the whereabouts of Aurora. I may not have been able to kill you physically, but I know without the aura, you're dead inside. <laughs> K-Rod swiftly and cleanly slices through Morris's neck, severing his head from his body. His head hits the floor before his body does, making sure that Morris is now dead. Morris is dead, and K-Rod is left with no answers. Aurora's scent was slightly different, but K-Rod could still tell it was her, so he followed it. Aurora is running through the woods, unsure of who or where she is. She's fumbling and struggling to keep her balance, erasing Aurora's memories as promising as Dr. Dragos hoped. They're starting to come back to her in gory flashes. As Aurora runs through the woods, she starts to see flashes of her memory she doesn't recognize, causing her to slow down a bit. Aurora stops running as she thinks she hears the sound of an animal, but she's not sure from what direction. As soon as the sound seems like it's getting closer, she commits to run again. She runs until she can't run anymore because she is stopped by a cliff with raging river below. When she turns around, it's K-Rod standing behind her in acrylic form. Probably the first time in Aurora's life, she is terrified. K-Rod starts to walk towards her, causing her to step closer and closer to the cliff's edge. K-Rod immediately stops because he is confused. Why is she acting this way towards him? He wonders to himself. But the longer she stares at K-Rod, the more of her memories start to come back. She takes a step away from the edge and walks towards K-Rod. She starts to recognize him or remember being with him. K-Rod sees Aurora's response, walks to her. She slowly reaches out for him. He walks up to her hand and she grabs him by his furry face, smiles, and leans her head against his. But then Flashes of memory begin to flow into Aurora's head. She starts to remember all the killings K-Rod and her have done together, and it sickens her, causing her to withdraw from him. She steps away from him again and back towards the edge. Tears begin to run down Aurora's face. K-Rod has never seen Aurora in this state before, and it shakes him. I'm sorry, love. She turns back towards the cliff and jumps. K-Rod attempts to grab her before she does, but is unable to. Aurora falls hundreds of feet, landing to a raging riverbank. 
K-Rod dives off the cliff after him. While on the water, he thrashes from side to side trying to stop him. He comes up for air, emerging in his human form. The splashing water, as well as the natural debris, hinders K-Rod's keen sense of smell, vision, and hearing. He cannot spot Aurora anywhere. Stay tuned for the next episode of Acrylics.